Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm your host, here to talk about some uh, mindfulness and some emotional intelligence and how these things can be applied to your work life, starting there, and uh, continuing on to your personal life and every aspect of your life, in fact. And, uh, you know, we talk about the amazing benefits from, from adopting, a, a, you know, a, a sense and a, a quality of mindfulness and emotional intelligence in our lives. And most importantly, we review the practice practices that can help you to do that. Uh, because as I've said a, a million times so far in my life, that um, mindfulness cannot be learned. It can only be practiced. And, and that, you know, is because it is just like any other skill that you're developing, it requires practice. All right. And so that's really ultimately the goal that I have for recording these podcasts is to give you uh, a free and uh, open way to do practices, to weave these practices into your life uh, so that you can realize the benefits of living in a mindful state uh, and developing emotional intelligence as a skill. Skill. All right, so today I want to go a little further or, or kind of, you know, sort of use yesterday's podcast as a jumping off point. So yesterday we talked about self-awareness and uh, and how ultimately important it is uh, to, you know, to not just, you know, the, the sort of seeing the emotions or, or what's kind of going on inside of us, but, but how to actually, you know, use the information that we, we do find there and, and to place it in the context context of, you know, our, you know, our real self, right? It's one thing to say self-awareness is like, you know, to be just aware of, you know, what's going on emotionally or, or in any kind of area of your life, right? But, but when we can sort of frame it within the context of, um, you know, of things like the, the, um, the tendencies that we have in our lives, right? Which is, which is what makes up our self, right? Like yesterday I called it, it was the tenant, the, uh, uh, preferences, the resources, and the intuitions, right? So intuitions, preferences, and resources are things that we've developed throughout our entire experience, right? And these are the ingredients of what our self really is, okay? And so so to just think of <clears throat> emotional awareness or self-awareness in terms of our emotions and sort of like, you know, seeing what's going on inside, you know, that really is a limiting view uh, compared to all this other, you know, part of you know, all these other ingredients of ourself, right? Because these other ingredients are what forms our, our worldview. It forms our mindset. It forms our, you know, our ability to sort of, you know, process things. You know, it's sort of the, the, the ground from which we do process things, okay? And so, so digging deeply into that level of self-awareness, you know, raises this thing called self-awareness to a much, much higher level and, uh, and much more effective level for us, right? To, to learn from it. And to and to use that information that we do learn to guide us through our lives and and to you know for for the best success that we can find. All right. Um, as always, if you have any questions about anything that I'm saying, I really encourage you to reach out to me. I'm going to give you a couple of ways to do that at the end of this podcast. Okay. So, but today I wanted to sort of start off you know where we left off yesterday, right? Which is what I just said basically uh, about self awareness, and and I want to give you a, a cool little trick, a little practice rather. It's not a trick. There's no tricks here. There's just straight practices. Uh, there's no magic or woo-woo or airy-fairy stuff either. This is all just very scientifically based uh, information that I share with you here every day. And so um, so 
I want to give you this little practice that you can put into place, you know, at any time that it comes, that the need arises, right? And in fact, as I'm going to explain in a few minutes, it's good with these practices to, to do them when the need does not arise, right? Because, you know, just like, um, you know, just like a baseball player who goes, you know, and, and swings the baseball bat, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times that you don't ever see, right? He, you know, he or, or she or, or whoever in any kind of sport, right? They're, they're doing all this practicing that you never see them do, right? And they do that because when you are watching them, they need to perform, right? And so, so you know, so the the baseball player, you know, will will swing the bat, you know, tens of thousands of times in, you know, just in in brutal repetition, and and so that so that when he does step to the plate, when the bases are loaded and there's fifty thousand screaming fans there, he doesn't have to worry about you know thinking about what's going on. He can just rely on his practice. He doesn't have to you know remember to to stand a certain way, remember to turn his hip a certain way and shift his weight a certain way and and to do all this stuff right this stuff becomes you know automatic because he's practiced it and drilled it you know tens of thousands of times okay so the it's the same principle that we use here uh for the practices that we talk about right and so that's why it's really really helpful to not just wait until the the you know the the crap hits the fan as it were and then rely on your mindfulness practices and then get into your you know your emotional intelligence but instead, you know, do these things when things are okay, you know, in, in neutral situations and even in positive situations, right? There's no need, there's no reason why you can't, you know, perform some of these practices as though something was wrong, but when things are right, okay? Because it's, it's not the, you know, it's not just applicable to things that are going wrong in our lives. It's not just applicable to the stressful times in our lives. The practice can be, the practice is the practice. And so you can do it in any kind of time, right? Just like a baseball player again to go back to this you know this uh analogy you know a baseball player will stand there in sweatpants you know in the basement of a baseball stadium you know whacking away at balls right so you know he's not trying to impress anybody this is not the time where you know where it matters right it's just you know it's just this is the time where he's perfecting his skill right or or her skill i should say you know if it's softball or whatever i don't mean to you know exclude the ladies out there you know um so yeah, so so here's a perfect example of one of these practices, okay? Um, and, and what I call it, or or what um, uh, you know, really, I think the first person I heard talk about this was uh, was either Dan Siegel or Tara Brock. I can't remember who it was that I first heard it, but I know both of them do talk about it, as well as many others that I've heard since then talk about it. Um, and, and what it's called is naming what is true. Okay. And, um, and so that, that really is applying to our emotions as we're talking about it here. Okay. Now the idea is that, um, you know, whenever we're experiencing an emotional sort of overload, right? Like, like, you know, we're, we're just kind of, you know, just, just losing it, right. For whatever reason, right. Whether it's stress related or grief related or shame related or, you know, anger related or, you know, whatever, whatever is the cause of this sort of emotional overload overload, right? When we do experience an emotional overload, right? Like with a kid, you would call it a meltdown, you know? Um, I'm not sure what we call it as adults, but it does happen, you know? And, and a lot of times it's less dramatic than a young child having a meltdown. You know, most adults are not, you know, cr- 
crawling, you know, rolling around on the floor in the office and screaming until they're red in the face, you know. But but we go through unless if you've seen that, I would love to hear that story. But um, but but we we do go through similar, you know, internal struggles when we when we are triggered and overwhelmed by our emotions, right? And so when that happens, right? And I'm going to give you the opposite to this in a minute. But but when it happens that we're um that we're we're feeling that overload of emotions, right? Like we've been triggered and we can't, you know, you know, the, the symptoms of this could be, uh, you know, feeling the fight or flight syndrome, uh, you know, the fight or flight reaction rather, or it could be feeling, um, you know, feeling as though we're victimized, or it could be, um, you know, feeling like you're, you're, you know, like a deer in the headlights, although that would be the fight, flight, freeze thing, um, you know, things like this, or like you can't concentrate, you can't sort of like keep your train of thought, you're, you're completely distracted by this thing that's going on, right? Like these are the symptoms of an emotional trigger that, that might be overwhelming you, right? And, and in all the things that I've described here, what that means is that the energy in your brain is, is almost exclusively residing on the right side of your brain or in the right lobe of your brain, right? Um, now, if you remember, I've, I've talked about this quite a number of times, but in case you missed it, uh, the right side of our brain is where our emotional sort of, not the emotions themselves, because those are in the limbic areas, but, but the, the right side of our brain is associated with, you know, with emotions because it, it is actually what is connected to our body. Right. And, and so that it's a little bit complicated. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but if I'll do another podcast on this at some point. Uh, but if you're interested and you want to know more, you know, I'll give you a way to get in touch with me at the end of this uh, episode. Um, but the idea is that when we're feeling that sort of uncontrolled emotion, right, that's where we're, we're residing in the right side of our brain, right? Our, our right brain is dominant at, at that point. Now, again, uh, sorry, I got uh, digressed a little bit, but the right side of our brain. Is is uh, is is associated with emotional, um, you know, sort of uh, emotional activity, if you will. Uh- it's also associated with um, with you know the idea of connection to others. Um, it's also associated with uh, creativity. Uh, you know when you listen to music or you look at art or or you feel that you know euphoric feeling of of that you know like standing in front of the Mona Lisa, right? Like when you feel that like oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm looking at this uh, this painting in real life. You know that's your your right side of your brain is is you know is active at that point, right? And so. Um, um, and so when that's happening, right, like, you know, again, it's it's a, a disintegration that's happening in our brain at that point, right? And so therefore, we're out of balance, right? By definition, that's what it is. We, we are not balanced and we are we are very slanted to the right side. So you, you can even, you know, view it as like your head, like being weighed down to the right side. I mean, of course, it doesn't really work that way, but it might as well, you know, and um, and, and when that happens, what we're what we're not able to do is we're not able to employ the logic area of our brain, which is the left side, right? So the left side of the brain is associated with logic, linear thought, lists. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other else because it also loves the fact that all these these words began with L, right? Like that's our left brain. It's it's logic. It's linear. It's you know it's math. It's it's um you know it's it's you know all the stuff that's like sort of the nuts and bolts of life, right? Like not the 
not the glossy paint that we put on life, but the stuff that's underneath the paint, like the, the stuff that holds our lives together, right, is, is all on the left side of our brains, right? Um, I wanted to just back up one second and tell you that on the right side of your brain is also where when you're thinking about your autobiography, right, like when you're reflecting upon your past and, and thinking about the things that have happened to you, that's also on the right side of your brain. So remember that for a few minutes. We're going to get back to that later. Uh, actually, it's going to be in a different podcast because I don't want to confuse things today, but it's interesting information. Okay, so anyway, so when we're feeling this ultimate, you know, this overwhelm of emotions, right? You know, you feel like you could cry. You feel like you're, you know, you're shaking from your emotions. You feel like you're, you're about to lose it, you know, or you just lost it, you know, or you, you're having an angry outburst. You're having, you know, any of these things, right? That, that's a sign that you are, you know, you know, right brain dominant at that time. Now, some people live their whole lives in right brain dominance, right? And some people live their lives in left brain dominance. In our society, the, the latter is much more common, right? We are a left brain society. And I'm going to get into that again in a few minutes. But but what we're talking about right now is when you are having this right brain uh, sort of overwhelm and, and sort of, you know, uh, losing it, you know, that you've been triggered, right? The, the thing that you want to do is you want to try to balance your brain out, okay? <clears throat> and, and to do that, okay, the best thing you can do is to send, or, or the, the, the way to balance your brain is to send energy and information from your right brain to your left brain. Okay. Now remember, oh, the other L that I was looking for was labels. Okay. So, so the left brain is all about labels, right? And so, so the best thing you can do to integrate these two sides of your brain, okay. In the middle of your brain, there's this area called the corpus callosum, right? Which is this set of these little, uh, tiny, like microscopic fibers, millions of them that connect the right side and the left side of your brain, okay? The area in which those fibers sit is called the corpus callosum. Now, I don't remember what the, the actual fibers are called. I'll look that up, and if you want to get to me, I'll let you know what they are. Um, but, but that is how information is sent from one side of your brain to the other side of your brain, okay? And the more often you can practice this, sending information back and forth, the, more, the, the stronger those little fibers are going to be, and the easier that, that information is going to go back and forth. Okay, so when you are feeling this overwhelmed trigger of emotions, right, the, the best thing you can do at that point is to send information over to your left brain, okay, through those little fibers. And the way to do that is to employ what the left brain is good at, right? And one of the things that the left brain is really good at is labeling things, okay? Anytime you look at something and you associate a word with it, that's your left brain doing something. Your right brain doesn't care what you call it. <laughs> you know, your right brain is all about feelings and, and, and you know, you know the, the senses, right? It's not about, like, labeling. It doesn't care, right? So, so what you want to do at that point, and that's where this practice comes in, is naming what is true, okay? And it's and it's super simple and it's really, really more effective than you po think it could possibly be. I promise you that. Okay. And so essentially, just like it's just like the name says, what you want to do is you just want to start naming the things that you are feeling. Okay. And, and by doing this, you're going to employ that left brain. Okay. Now here's how you do it. Now, first of all, you know, it's not just about saying, okay, 
I'm angry, right? Like that's not, it's going to happen a little bit. That, that sends a little shot of, of energy over to your left brain. But to really, you know, do this practice well and to, and to really have the most effect out of it, what you want to do is you want to really search for, for what the proper label of these feelings is. Okay. So, so a lot, and a lot of times it's not as obvious as it seems at first, right? So like, like again, you can say I'm angry, right? But anger is almost like an umbrella term, right? And in fact, there's, some psychologists who say that anger is not even really an emotion. It's, it's a meta emotion. It's an emotion of an emotion, right? So, so what you want to do is you want to dig deeper, right? You want to, you want to keep naming things until you really zero in on, on what it is that's, that's really happening, right? Like, like what that feeling is that you're having, right? So, so you might start saying like, I'm angry and and then, and you don't even have to say I'm, you know, you just say anger, right? And then, and then think about it for a second and like, okay, it's, spite it's it's resentment it's it's you know it's uh victimized it's 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 um you know it's grief it's shame it's jealousy it's you know whatever that is and i'm not telling you you know these are just examples that i'm giving you you know you have to find you you have to find your own labels you know that that relate to the thing that's happening to you at that point right and and the the examples are infinite right so so like there's no point in me going through uh uh, you know, innumerable, you know, versions of this, but, but, you know, but I guess let's do one example. So, you know, so something, you know, so, so some coworker, you know, sends an email that makes you look bad. Right. And so, and you feel triggered by that. Right. So now the first thing you're feeling is anger, you know, so you say anger and then you say, you know, um, you know, vulnerability. And then you say, uh, you know, you know, spite. And then you say, you know, unfair or like, victimized. And then you say, um, you know, anyway, on and on and on, right? You can keep coming up with names, coming up with words that fit this emotion that you're feeling, okay? And every time you do that, what you're doing is you're sending uh, uh, more information from the right side of your brain onto the left side of your brain. And, And as you're doing that, you're bringing a balance back to your brain. And you're going to notice that through this process, right, just, just doing this, like coming up with five or six words, you're going to feel like you're no longer out of control with your emotions. It's, it's really amazing how it works. And again, there's nothing magic here. It's, it's literally the way our brains work, right? So, so by doing this, you're going to balance yourself out. And what you're also going to be doing at the same time when this is a, a bonus you know this is like one of those ginsu knife commercials right like that's not all <laughs> you know what else you'll be doing is you'll be gaining a level of self-awareness okay because you know and as we talked about last episode how important self-awareness is what you're going to be doing is you're going to be practicing self-awareness through this right because what you're doing is you're become you're you're working on your awareness of what's happening in your emotions, right? Not just feeling them, not just noticing that, yeah, something's happening to me. I must be triggered right now. And that is a very important first step, by the way, right? Like it's not to diminish the, the, the value of, 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 
doing exactly that of just noticing what's going on. But by naming it, what you're doing is you're taking that self-awareness even deeper, right? And then that's going to give you an indication of, of the, um, you know, of the rest of the things that we talked about, right? The, the context in which that emotion is happening vis-a-vis your preferences, your resources, and your intuitions, which are, again, that those are the ingredients that create yourself, right? Like that, that is who you are, right? Your resources, your, uh, intuitions and your, um, your preferences, right? That is who makes you right. Or that is what makes you, you, right. And, and so, and so by, by doing this process of naming things that are happening, you know, you're, you're actually, you know, you're, you're discovering more about who you are. Right. And now, um, I've covered this in another podcast, but I'm going to just mention it now too, that, that as you do that more and more, right. As you get in touch with, you know, your preferences, your intuitions and your resources, what you're doing in turn is you're, you're giving yourself or you're gaining a level of, of clear, and more accurate and vivid uh, self-assessment, right? And when you can, when you can really increase your, the vividness and the resolution of your self-assessment, that is what leads to self-confidence. Okay. Now I know a lot of people out there probably feel like, Hey, I don't lack self-confidence. I'm fine. Right. But, but how unshakable is that self-confidence? Right. Cause, cause the way that you create an unshakable self-confidence is by understanding, you know, not only your strengths, but maybe more importantly, your weaknesses. Right. And that, that deals with your, your resources, your intuitions and your preferences, right? Like every time this thing happens, you're going to be likely to do this. Right. And, and so that is a, you know, that is a re, you know, that is based on your resources, intuitions and preferences. Right. And the more you can understand that, the more you're going to know that, okay, when I have this assignment for my work, you know, I know that these parts I'm going to do really well in, but this part, I'm not really good at it. So maybe I should find some way to help myself on this stuff, right? You, you gain a humility about the things that you're not great at and, and you, but that allows you to shine in the things that you are great at, right? So like, for instance, I talk a lot about the, the guy in finance, this poor dude, you know, um, he, he, you know, every time he emailed me, it was like, it was a problem, right? So, so, so I always knew that, you know, and, and this is something that I was failing in my career. And one of the reasons why I'm no longer in that career is because I did not have that proper sense of self-assessment, right? And I was, I was, I mean, I had lots of confidence, but I, it wasn't real confidence. It wasn't the confidence that allowed me to, to ask for help with finances, right? Or to, or to just admit like, Hey, I'm lost when it comes to this stuff. Like I need, you know, I need something to, to help me with this. You know, I can do these parts of my job better than, you know, and that's literally what people used to say to me is like, they, they would say like, you know, like my job was to go on press OKs and travel around the world and, you know, meet people for the very first time and then get them to print a thing that was, you know, it was very complicated, but, you know, but that kind of stuff I was amazing at, you know, people used to telling me I've never been more, you know, secure. They have never been more secure knowing that I was on the job in that sense. Right. But, but when it came time to reconcile all the bills, I was a nightmare. And that's ultimately why I lost my job. You know, um, you know, when I was laid off in the recession and stuff like that, you know, it was because of that, you know? And so, so again, like I had plenty of confidence. If you ask, me at that time, do I have self-confidence? I'd be like, Psh, 
through the roof. Are you kidding me? And, and most people would agree with me, right? But but I didn't really have that self-confidence. You know, I had this sort of false self-confidence, right? Because I did not have an accurate self-assessment, all right? So again, I, I know we got a little off course here, but, um, but, you know, this all is really helped by naming what is true. Okay. And now, uh, real quick here, I know that we're running, uh, pretty, pretty up, up to the time here, but, um, but the other way, right? So, like, when we're, when we're feeling very left dominated, the symptoms of that are going to be obsessive thoughts. This, you know, um, you know, kind of when you feel your OCD kicking in, right? That's left dominance. That's left brain dominance. And again, as a society, by and large, we are more left brain dominant than we are right brain dominant. Okay. And so to, to balance out the other way, right? Like if you're, if you're left brain dominant, you, you're obsessing over something, you know, you can't stop thinking about this thing. You, you keep going over and over and over and again in your mind, you know, you just keep telling the story every time, you know, just of this thing that happened, you keep just repeating it and thinking about it, rethinking about it, retelling it and going on and on and on. That's your left brain dominance, right? And so in order to balance that out, what you want to do is very simple, okay? <laughs> and now it's not naming what's true at that point because at that point, you're doing too much naming. You're doing too much labeling, right? So you want to now let go of labeling. And how do you do that? You just pay attention to your senses, okay? You just literally just sit there and, and you know, and just listen for what's going on around you, right? Feel the breath coming in and out of your nose or feel the rise and fall of your abdomen as you're breathing, right? For, for 30 seconds, if you can do that, you're going to start feeling yourself, um, you know, really starting to balance out and integrating your, your brain, right? Um, other things you can do, you know, again, your five senses are the, the key here, okay? So, so listen for any sounds you can hear. Um, notice what the taste is in your mouth. You know, a lot of times we figure like, oh, I don't have any taste in your mouth, but you always have some kind of taste in your mouth, right? Even if you feel like it's neutral because it's not the taste of coffee or it's not the taste of soda or the pizza or whatever, you know, there is always something there. So, so look at it and feel what it is, right? Notice anything you can smell. Um, notice anything you can see, right? That's an obvious one. But then a really good one is to, to notice your sense of touch, right? Your sense of touch is, you know, the organ that, that supplies your sense of touch is your intelligence entire skin, right? It's the largest organ you have. And so you can feel everything from the the way your your feet feel in your shoes and your socks, right? And you can feel the pants on your leg. You can feel like if you're wearing, you know, shorts or, or a skirt, then you, you feel the area that is not covered by cloth. And then you feel the area covered by cloth. And you can focus on that little line where where the, the skirt, the hemline of your skirt or your shorts are, are sitting right and you can focus on that part of where you're you're you know you're feeling air versus fabric right and and if you can just really close your eyes and just zero in on that spot for 30 seconds, your brain will start to balance each other it, itself out and you will stop obsessing about this thing and you will stop going over it and over it and over again and you can break out of that cycle. Okay, so there you have it, folks. There's the two ways to integrate your brain and again, also a way to develop self-awareness, which the, the left to right thing that I just explained, uh, the left to right balance uh, also works for, for self-awareness, right? Because what you're doing is you're becoming aware of your body and you're becoming 
aware of your, you know, all of your senses, right? Because a lot of times when we're feeling a, a struggle of some sort, we we wind up not feeling all of these things, right? We zero in on just what's the problem, and then we forget about all this other stuff, right? And so, so by bringing your attention to all of this, you're increasing your sense of self-awareness. Now, back to my original point, um, you know, one of my original points, just for a little minute here, is that do this all the time. You know, like like set an alarm on your computer to go off, you know, every half hour or something like that and spend 10 seconds doing this. Okay, spend the first 10 seconds just naming or I guess spend, you know, let's say spend 30 seconds doing it, right? You know, spend the first 15 seconds naming whatever it is you're feeling, right? And it doesn't have to be negative and it doesn't have to be overwhelming, okay? Just simply name what you're feeling, even if you're feeling good about something. And even if you're feeling just neutral, just you're feeling blah, you know, just name it. Just say, okay, I'm feeling blah. No, I'm not feeling blah. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling, you know, um, uninspired. I'm feeling, you know, whatever, you know, just kind of drill into it, right? Spend 15 seconds doing that and then spend another 15 seconds, you know, just sensing into your body, right? Pick one of your senses and, and sense into that or, or sense into your breathing, okay? And what you do then is you're going to, number one, you are going to integrate your brain further anyway, right? Like, you know, even if your brain is in perfect balance, sending that information back and forth across the corpus callosum will certainly strengthen that ability to send it back and forth when you really need it, right? Just like swinging a baseball bat, right? 10,000 times. So that way when that fastball comes in and the game's on the line, you can crack it into the outfield, you know? That's the idea, all right? So, so yeah, so that's the thing because a lot of times we, we consider these, you know, these practices that I give you here on this podcast, we consider it as like, okay, you know, when things go wrong, this is what I'm supposed to do. But the problem is that when things are going wrong, that's when, you know, like 50,000 screaming fans and, and the base is loaded in the ninth inning, you tense up and you forget about these things, right? It's, it's like hard to remember to do this at those moments. So if you practice regularly, then it's just like you're just doing what you do all the time anyway, right? And so, and then you're going to realize that it's fewer and fewer instances where you're feeling the overwhelm to begin with, and then you don't need the practices, right? But you do them anyway because it feels good. Right. So anyway, um, again, if you have any questions about any of this, I know that I stuffed a lot of information into this last half hour. If you have any questions about it, please, please, please shoot me an email art at artburnscoaching.com or or go onto my website. Listen, my wife has a cold and I know yesterday I said I was going to do this, but she she's the one that handles all my IT stuff and uh, and she was not feeling well last night and so I did not want to make her stay up later to do this. So right now it's called a free 30-minute consultation, but that sounds too it sounds too serious and it sounds too salesy and it sounds too, you know, costly. So so it's going to change to book a of a, a of a virtual cup of tea with art. You know, that's what we're going to call it instead. Uh, something like that. So, but anyway, if you want to get on the phone with me, click that link, whatever it says, right? Either a consultation or a cup of tea, click that link. You're going to be uh, dropped right into my, my calendar. Okay. So that you can see the times that I'm available. So, so if you pick one of those times that you're available and I'm available, it's automatic that it's, it's going to work for us. Right. And then at that point I will get an email. I'll send you an 
email. We'll exchange numbers. We'll figure out how we're going to do this. And we'll just get on the phone and talk about this stuff. And Because the thing is, I want to make sure that you all get this stuff really clearly. Because, you know, the, the amount of time and energy that I put into this, it's, I feel that it would be completely wasted if, if it's not having the desired result, which is to, to enable you and to empower you with these practices to, to get through the rough times in your life, you know, with smooth sailing and to sort of stay in that flow of, of well-being, okay? And if, and if, it's, if something's not understood, then that's less likely to happen. And therefore, I feel like this has been, you know, not worth the time and effort that both of us are spending on it, right? So, so really, seriously, if you have any questions, it's important to ask them, okay? Um, and that's it, folks. So I wanted to thank you again uh, for spending some time with me today. And uh, I, hope that, uh, I hope that this really does help you uh, because it has helped me a great deal. And I want you to know that too, that uh, you know all the things that I talk about in this podcast are things that I have lived through and that, that the practices that I tell you to do are the practices that have helped me to get out of that person that I was, you know, a few years ago and into the person I am now, which is a person who, you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, once again, I, I went to, um, I, I was, you know, in a situation the other day at a store and like two different people came up to me and said, you know, I just want you to know that I, I think you have amazing energy. You know, people never used to say that stuff to me before. People used to be like, are you upset about something? <laughs> you know? So, uh, so listen, I mean, if you want to go from, from angry art to being the person who people just love to see because you have this great energy, then these are the practices that will help you do that. All right, folks. So again, thank you for listening. I wish you well. I'll be back again tomorrow with some great practice for Practice Wednesday. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.